I think that might be one of the weakest claps I've ever done. Oh, same on my side, dude. I was oh, just thinking man. That, was like, that was absolutely pathetic. Man, weak clappers. Let's get some weak clappers in chat. Mm. <laughs> hey, clap them cheeks, but weakly. Hello and welcome to the Brick Cave Blitz, the show where we are talking about week 17, which means that week 18 is about to happen, which means that we're about to run out of NFL. There is about to be a shortage of NFL and nobody's talking about it. Literally just like, why is nobody talking about it? This is a panic situation. We need the UN intervention. Um, this is just not going to be good. It's just not going to be good. What the fuck is going to happen uh, to this uh you know, to, to this society uh, when the NFL stops for another four months or however long it is between actual, like, important stuff happening. Uh, I'm your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, joining me, as always, is my co-hostess with the most S. I just wanted to make that joke. He's not actually a woman, um, unless it's something he's not telling me. Um, Smith! Uh, <coughs> which is at DRS underscore 994 on Instagram and Instagram only. Yeah, no, there's nothing I'm hiding from you. Okay, cool. That's... I'm upfront about everything. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Glad, glad to hear it. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Brick Blitz on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes, as we said, week 17 has happened in its entirety. And as we record this, we are about seven minutes into the Steelers playing the Ravens in their last week match. Um. Yes, we're we're dangerously close to the playoffs. I forgot to ask beforehand. Was there any news that we needed to cover? Not that I know of. Cool. That's all right then. I mean, I guess like the only news I would say, uh, as of this point of recording, like uh, all the people for the Pro Bowl have pretty much been chosen. Yeah, and not uh, a single been a lot fucking of Packers about, play. Yeah. There's uh, been a lot of arguments about people not being picked and stuff like that. Bullshit! Like, TJ Watt was, like, the fifth um, outside linebacker picked or something like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, that going around. I think Amon Ra is a bit angry at not being chosen himself as well. <sighs> or a bit upset, I should say. Not yeah. Angry. Because he's had a great season. He has, he has had a great season, but compared to other seasons, he's not been as good. Yeah, there's been a bunch of things that have been like, oh, these people should replace these people in the Pro Bowl because they deserve it. Like, for one that comes to my mind straight away was somebody saying that Brandon Ayuk should be in the Pro Bowl, not Puka Nakua. Okay. But, I mean, it's Puka Nakua's rookie season, and he's had a great season. Yeah, I'm not being funny. Um, Puka Nakua's had a fucking fantastic season. Yeah, he's, so... he's literally like 40 yards or something away from mm. breaking the rookie receiving record that apparently he's been set for like 60 years like Jamar Chase was second there and there's somebody else that was like they said it in the 60s or something for most receiving yards as a rookie you can't so, really argue with that yeah but it's literally the facts don't lie mm. see I'm looking at the Pro Bowl roster for the NFC now and I've got to be honest I don't know who I would take out for a Packers player 
<laughs> Don't tell anybody I said that, though. So, yeah, I won't tell anybody, and you, however many single-digit number of people are listening, <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> We're entering into a sacred covenant here, okay? <laughs> a fucking Chicago Bears cornerback. Fuck off. Montez Sweat for the Chicago Bears, I understand. Who is it, the cornerback? I'm trying to... Jalen Johnson. Jalen fucking Johnson. Fuck off. (laughs) A fucking... Okay, no, I found found the player I would take off. Dexter Lawrence for the New York Giants. Who the fuck cares about Dexter Lawrence and the New York Giants? Get a Packers player in there. (laughs) Do you know, can you see who's picked? been picked for the Falcons. I know Jesse Bates is one of them, but apparently two have been selected, so I don't know who the second one was. Uh, I don't know if it was like Caden Ellis or maybe Nate Landman. Chris Lindstrom. Uh, a guard. Lindstrom or Lindstrom? Lindstrom. Okay. I thought yeah, Lord, I understand Lindstrom that was him. better. Um, right, so it's Lindstrom and Jesse Bates. There no, yeah, they're okay. You know, like they are, they're okay. They, they do the job. Yeah, I... I think they're quite like they're ranked quite high up in their yeah. respective positions, so that's understandable. I think the amount of isn't isn't there like nine players overall that were selected from the Forty ers across the board? I, I haven't counted. I'll do it now. One, oh, two, sorry, three, sure four, nine 49ers. So I mean, to be fair. If the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, that's nine players that have to be replaced in the Pro Bowl. Get some Packers players I mean, in there. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, it's been a lot of players, you know, sort of been like they're going to the Pro Bowl for a while and then they have ended up with the most in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yep. And I think the second most is the Ravens, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of players replaced. There you go. That ends up being. As it is meant to be. Also, one hell of an intro. Counting from one to nine. <laughs> we counted higher than our uh, viewers or listeners. <laughs> okay, audience. Here's your challenge, okay? Find an additional eight people. So you, the one person listening to this episode, find an additional eight people so that we can have as many people listening to this episode of the podcast as 49ers have potential pro bowlers. Yeah. That's our aim for 2024, to have enough regular <laughs> listeners that we have more listeners than a single team has pro bowl candidates. <laughs> lofty ambitions. Yes, very lofty. Maybe in 26, something like that. Yeah. Even more years down the line. <laughs> when our one listener has had kids, and then they force that for those kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. to listen to the podcast. <laughs> we used to have two listeners and then that one person like that oh my god we had a listener up, so. die yeah no we had a relationship uh and then one of they split up so one of them was like no i'm not gonna listen anymore he only listened because of him okay <laughs> <laughs> oh dramatic scenes dramatic scenes all <laughs> right so yes week 17 of the regular season kicked off on a Thursday like most weeks do uh, and this was the New York Jets going to Cleveland to take on the Browns um, Browns we already knew were in safely in the playoffs 
Jets are kind of fighting for a little bit of pride here. Uh, and, you know, in the first quarter, when, you know, Cleveland put up 20 points and New York put up seven, that was kind of the closest it ever was. Um, so, yeah, well done to Cleveland on securing uh, even more bragging rights by defeating the mighty Jets. Did I say Giants for some of that? <coughs> I, I don't know. Okay, cool. I don't think so. See, I, I don't... Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what Week 18 does to you, doesn't it? Like, by this point, we've got yeah. so muddled up with everything. Our, yeah. our brain is just in mush. Yeah, um, and it's also two forgettable teams in, in New York, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, yeah, this result was expected. Yeah. Um, I did think, you know, like, the Jets' defence would put up a bit of a fight and... I'd feel like the kind they would have done if maybe that three was a one instead of, <laughs> and like, even if they'd lost that, but they only like let seventeen points past them. But letting thirty-seven points past them, like I feel like the the, the caliber of defense it's supposed to be didn't uh, play uh, as well as they could have. Yeah, I mean the trouble is they they've got a you know they've got Trevor Simeon under center for that. Um, for that offense, and they're going against a much better defense in the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns. So yeah, um, but I say it was one of the more exciting weeks in the league as it started off with three consecutive touchdowns um, before then falling into the the kind of pattern that you expect from a Jets game, where the Jets just make their opponents somewhat worse. <laughs> Yeah, they just they just tire them out, don't they? Mm-hmm. But that's it. Even even then, you like especially like that D line and you know linebacker core for the Browns. You're gonna tire them out, but like if you're gonna choose to run into them to try and knock them over, it doesn't matter how tired they are, you're gonna be stopped. There's um, really nothing more to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That being said, like I said this a few times, their main point of offense this season and is still effective regardless of who they're against. Uh, especially because they've got no good people under center at the mm-hmm. moment. Brees Hall. Yeah. What did he do? Nine receptions, thirteen carries, uh, for a total of a hundred and twenty six yards. So yeah. He's uh he's their guy this season. Yep. Unfortunately for Garrett Wilson, he has nobody who can actually, you know, get the ball to him. Yeah. Properly. Yeah. Other side of things, though, we've said past few weeks since Joe Flacco has been playing, Flacco to and Joko connection, ridiculous. It has been. It has been. Obviously, uh, I don't think Amari uh, Cooper was there this week. Um, no, I think he's injured and he's still yeah. injured for week 18 as yeah. well. I mean, the thing is with it, like, the Browns are in the playoffs. They can afford to take Week 18 off. Um, but, yeah, the Amari Cooper and David Njoku connection is a threatening one. Um, those guys can absolutely light it up. So, yeah. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's due to injury, but I know one of the big names who aren't playing in Week 18 for the Browns is Miles Garrett. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know if anything happened to him in this game, or it was, you know, just a, a saviour, uh, keep your big guys healthy. Yeah. I, th- I think keep big names healthy, several organisations have actually said that they're not going to be starting starters. And I say the yeah. Browns are so injured that their backups are now the starters that they're resting. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have, you know, just just before we've done this, I've put a uh, post up on the story of everybody that's not playing this week, mm-hmm. whether it's due to injury or just sitting out, and the list is ridiculously long. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know why they included Aaron Rodgers in the list, though. I was like, that, that's been obvious. <laughs> yeah. For a good while. <laughs> in other news, water, wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh. um, do, did, did you see anything good from the Jet side at all? Um, or even if you're looking at numbers right now? Uh, I mean, Simeon... The thing is, Simeon had a serviceable record. You know, he had like, I think it was like something like 261 yards. Uh, let me just get the tab back up. Cause I yeah, had... you got that number exactly right. Oh, did I? There we go. Yeah. I'm a fucking god. Yeah, he got 32 of 45, 261 yards, one TD, one int, two sacks for eight yards. Yeah. And he also did four carries for 13 yards. This this thing like Simeon's not the problem in New York at the moment, um, and as you say, there is some absolute talent on that team. Um, you know, you, you've you've highlighted one of them, Brees Hall, at the moment. Um, Xavier Gibson, when he has actual like coverage, and Garrett Wilson are the same. When they both have actual coverage on on the on the field, they can actually go and go and go, sort of thing. Um, but other than that, no. I had, I have really got nothing amazing to say about this New York team um, going forward. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> there. <coughs> Fucking hell! <coughs> it's weird to see a team that like so many people were excited for this season and yep. their whole hype around the Hard Knock series because of Aaron Rodgers being there. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally like that. Apparently, that's that's just a preview for in a year's time, rather than the season coming up. Yeah, th- this is the thing I say. Like New York, have, uh, the Jets have had a tough time of it. You know, when you have so much off-season drama, bringing this guy in, everything gets hyped up, and he lasts four plays. Um, the plan and everything associated with the plan, all of plans A through twenty-two. Um, have gone, um, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you have to then just accept this season of what it is. And I say they had some good wins in the season. Um, they still might cause an upset. Um, no, they they're not playing anybody important. Other than they're playing the Patriots, so no, they won't cause an upset. Um, but as I say, this this is, I think they've got one more shot at this. Um, with Rogers, and then they have to think about where they're going to go from there. Um, but as I say, we, we can only look forward to what the the twenty twenty four Green Bay Packers light is going to be. Um, the year to to round out that game, thirty seven twenty to the Browns. There you go. This is a reminder. Yeah. 
Yeah, Flacco doing Flacco things. Flacco being Flacco. All right, your Sunday. It kicked off, for us at least, uh, with Detroit having a win stolen by the referees. Biggest controversy of the week. This is the most controversial game. Um, The game itself opened up pretty pointlessly. Um, Detroit put three on the board. Dallas put seven on the board in the first quarter. No team scored in the second. And then the Lions started their comeback. Um, As I say, it was a bit of a battle to and fro. Uh, And then the big controversy was that the Lions scored a touchdown as it was 20 uh, to 13. And then they tried to go for the two-point conversion in typical Dan Campbell style. Uh, They went for the two-point Taylor Decker. Uh, declared himself as eligible. Um, another receive uh, another linebacker tried. Sorry, not linebacker. Lineman tried to declare but failed. Taylor Decker eventually got the ball for the touchdown, but the referee decided that he hadn't declared himself on, but seventy had. Um, and yeah, it so was rubbish. The 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 reports that have came out from this is like Dan Campbell saying himself that he advised the ref, uh, refereeing team beforehand yeah. that if they have to go for a two-point, this is something they're going to do, so watch out for it, because they would send multiple linemen to the referee yeah, and only declare one of them, so the defence doesn't know which one's being declared. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> it was two linemen actually on the pitch who watched the ref, and number 70 who came from the sideline to also... Yeah. Do it, and apparently all three were ignored, and all, all the previous conversations were just forgotten about. Um, yeah. Decided they didn't hear or see anything. Yeah. Um, apparently that, uh, that like referee team has been banned from the playoffs in twenty twenty four. I don't know if that means these playoffs this season in twenty four twenty four or the. 24 to 25 season playoffs. That's a great point. Um, so I'm not, I assume these ones, because it just said in 2024, which these are. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently they're... They're on the field now. Yeah. What game are they at? Are they at? Raven Steelers. Are they at this one? Right. Yep. So yeah, they still get TV time. Yeah. So if anything comes of, of a, you know, a controversial decision comes out of today's game, um, then you know why, because this refereeing group is fucking atrocious. Um, yeah. And I've, I've seen as well, whenever this gate this team has refed a Lions game, the Lions are 0-6. Is it? Um, and apparently, like, two of them have been within, like, you know, a field goal or less. Wow. That's awful. That's awful. Um, yeah, it was a terrible decision. At the end of the day... Uh, this is the thing I've said for quite a while, is that a refereeing decision should not affect the outcome of the game yeah. this dramatically. As I say, you've yeah. always got to look at yourself and the team that you're actual, you know, you're playing and just be better than them and beat them so that no refereeing decision can affect the game. Yeah. This This was one of those pure exceptions where I'm just like, this was a clear and obvious success story that should have been a great comeback win by the Lions uh, and was just absolutely ruined. Yeah. 
I mean, th- this is one of the things as well, like, um, <clears throat> we've already had some things this season where people have been like, oh, the refs made a bad call, but, you know, yeah. the, there are, you know, uh, logical ways to see things, and that's why they have replays and everything. Yeah. This was very, very clearly a bad call, whereas yeah. things in the past, i.e. the Chiefs-Bills game, was called correctly. Yeah. So, sometimes it is the fans just being, you know, dicks for their own team's sake, but yeah. there are good calls as well. Um, I actually just remembered as well, in that stat saying that the 0-6 and six with that ref team, the... Um, Yardage lost to penalties for the opposition, I think, is 286 yards over those six games. Okay. Whereas the Lions, over those six games, due to penalties, had lost 460 odd yards. Jesus Christ. Ouch. So, yeah, apparently, the, the way it looks, the way it seems, there's a bit of an issue with that specific refereeing group. Yeah. For the Lions specifically. Yeah, and this is where we need a uh, previous guest of the show, Jake Ellenbogen, to come on and actually like, tell us these refereeing teams and all this kind of stuff. Because when he was on, he knew exactly what he was talking about. And I, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, but this is the thing as well. Obviously, this, this, this is direct proof and, um, you know, like, this is directly a, a thing to be like everything within the last two like the two minute mark should be reviewed yeah because it, it was a bad call and like it's one of them as well like you know when you see uh replays and you're like oh that was fucking obvious like, yeah. yeah okay but you are watching it in slow-mo yeah the guys watch it for like first in full speed sometimes it is a hard call i think you know the refs completely understand that but when there's things like this, it's... I think the, yeah. the, the the trouble is to say, the stuff that happens during the play is always the ones that's looked at. We don't look at the stuff that's like happening as the teams are lining up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we got footage of it. We got footage of, you know, the three linemen being at the... being at the... the um, at the point where they're declaring. And I say, it just... It's just fucked up. It's just fucked up. I'd say I've never felt so bad for the Lions. Um, yeah. I'd say they, they've been truly fantastic this season. Deserve to win the NFC North. Deserve to go through to the playoffs. And they deserved to beat the Cowboys here. Um, I, I also, I don't know if you've seen the images. I thought it was hilarious. But, um, <clears throat> you know, in Detroit themselves, you know, have they have those billboards? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there's a bunch of them in Detroit that, like, have... Um, is it eleven and six or eleven and five crossed out? Yeah. And next to it, in like a handwritten text, it says twelve and four, and then other ones say like just in big capital letters, Decca declared. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, um, uh, the actual game itself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was trying to move on to. But yeah, <clears throat> the actual game itself was fairly average. Um, for the Lions. Um, nothing really to say about with yeah, say when you're thinking about the lines, I normally think about this strong running core. Um, yeah. They didn't have a massive showing. Uh, David Montgomery, 14 carries, 65 yards. Jordan <coughs> Gibbs, 15 carries, 43 yards. Um, 
Emmanuel Ross St. Brown had a great day. Laporta had a great day. Jameson Williams on his two carries, oh, sorry, two receptions, had a fantastic time of it. Uh, Jared Goff made two crucial mistakes, which, as I say, if if I was looking at this without that uh, officiating curse, the thing that I would be looking at for this Lions team is those two interceptions and just saying, look, one decision didn't ruin this game for you. Those two interceptions did. The lack of this, you know, those the couple of punts you had in the first quarter, uh, the lack of, um, you know, capitalising on a Dallas fumble. You know, those would be the points that I would point yeah. to. But as I say, it's just one of those things where it was such an egregious refereeing call. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Dak Prescott had 26 of 38 for 345 uh, two touchdowns and an interception. Tony Pollard, again, not massive contribution to this team. 16 carries, 49 yards, so an average of just above three. Uh, one of the highlights of this game is C.D. Lamb. 13 carries, uh, sorry, 13 receptions for 227 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> it's awesome like seeing how much Dak threw for it. It's like oh, two-thirds of that was just C.D. Lamb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is the closest I've ever seen somebody get to 20 targets. It's an insane amount of targets. Mm, um, but as you say, like, th- it's not to say that there was nobody else on that team as well. Brandon Cooks had a good showing and Jake Ferguson had a good showing. Um, but yeah, we just, there was too many inconsistencies on offense for both of these teams to really solidify a winner outside of that one call so yeah yeah i think as well because you're saying like oh the, it looks like it was just cd lamb and not really anybody else mm. i mean you can say that obviously cd lamb one of his touchdowns was a 92 yarder so yeah. there was a significantly less uh lessened amount of time that the offense was on the field um compared to the other team yeah um yeah basically like he, I don't understand why he wasn't being marked better. Like, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think that was a question. I think he's just he's playing some of the best football possible, where he's able to get that separation. He's able, you know, you can put three guys on him, and he's just able to go right. Okay, I'm going to run this route, and none of you are going to be on me by the time I get the ball. You know, yeah. the yards after catch are a different matter. After that, you've just got to get the foot race to get there. But as I say, I think he's just such a good route runner at the moment. And I think his um, just overall athleticism is doing everything he needs to be able to be the absolute weapon he is for this team. So I don't think there was much that the defence could do about it. Hmm. Do you think, you know, next season... Because I, I thought originally they'd be looking at some more wide receivers. Um, because they had Tony Pollard and they got some... Um, I think they got two uh, running backs in the draft this year. Um, I know they got Juice One. I'm sure they got another one. Um, that they'd be. I think they'd be looking... If they were going mm. offense, they'd look at wide receivers next year. But in all honesty, because of how things have gone with Pollard, I think they might look at, you know, getting a good running back again. I don't know. I feel like running back... Or even in, like, dozen. The, uh, um, what do you call it? Free agency. Yeah, you might look at getting a free agent in. For me, I feel like I would 
you know, I would look at what's working, working um, for this Cowboys team. I'm expecting a coaching change because I don't know that, like, Mike McCarthy is running this team particularly well. Um, you know, they can win their division, they can get into the playoffs, but there are some moments that this team just looks like it's it's holding itself back. So I don't know whether there'll be a coaching change or something like that. Um, but I think protecting the guys that you need to protect, protecting Dak, so I'd be looking at line, um, and then making sure to give enough targets... You know, but you've got Brandon Cooks, you've got Jake Ferguson, Jake Deuce Vaughn was in there, Jalen Tobert. You know, you've got a few good guys in there that can get receptions. Yeah, um, I mean, they've got a backup tight end that I think they took this year, a Shoemaker, and he's been making a, a mm, few plays this year. Not in this absolutely. game, but in yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So I think there are other ways that they can go from that. Um, I'd also potentially look at getting a, another safety in the in the mix. Deron Bland has been fantastic. When Trayvon Diggs is back, he's fantastic. But I say um, Trayvon Diggs got injured, and for a little bit of time, they looked like they were going to be struggling without him um, until Deron Bland stepped up. So I don't know. I think this team is pretty well rounded. Um, so there's not a lot that I would be looking to do. So you know. I, I could I could definitely see them looking to get um, a, a running back or something like that, even in the draft or or in free agency. I've just I've I've convinced I've talked my way around to your point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else to um, say about this game before we move on? Yeah, I was gonna say like I, I don't even I don't really think there was much like. You know, actually, standout-wise on the defense, I think it was quite a a normal and expected game defensively. Yeah, uh, it was just you know certain uh, outbursts on the offense that made the game. Mm-hmm. I guess Aiden Hutchinson obviously only wanted to get sacks on Detroit, but he got three of them. Was yeah. uh, the best part of that defense really? Yeah. He's such a beast. Yeah, it's one of them one? like. There's so many weeks where I'm like, oh, there's certain people they're definitely going to get sacked this week, but then they don't because they're clearly being two to three man marked. So I think I'm pretty sure that's what was happening to Mika Parsons because yeah. he's not got a sack in the past few weeks either. Yeah, but uh, Hutchinson just either wasn't being taken seriously or we just stepped up this this game and was like, I'm just going to bulldoze everybody yeah. I can. There you go. There you go. All right. In that case, we're going to move on to one of the most exciting matchups of this week. Uh, it is the Miami Dolphins as they go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Two teams that are fighting for the number one seed um, for the AFC. And unfortunately, uh, Miami failed to turn up as well as they could have done and make this a close and competitive game. Uh, Baltimore running them over 56-19. to Um Fuck, I've just remembered that there's predictions that we might need to talk about. <laughs> we did need to talk about the Cowboys and Lions game. Um, once again, uh, you get something right. Cowboys won the game. You went Cowboys, I went Lions. I should have won that. Yeah, you should have won that. I, I, I'm going to claim the moral victory point on that one. That is fine. You can keep that in your head. It's not one on the actual scoreboard. It's going on the fucking scoreboard. <laughs> there you go. 
motherfucker. So at the end of the day, you've got 21 points, or morally you have 22. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what morality has got to do with this, but I ha- I currently have the moral victory. Yeah. I've got more moral points than you. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Baltimore running over Miami. Uh, not even making this look close, fifty six to nineteen. What went wrong for Miami in your opinion? Hmm. I don't know like exactly what went wrong. It was just more you know, the the Ravens just securing their place. like especially that defence. Uh because it's one of I, I guess, you know, it would be expected for a you know great defense to specifically mark Tyreek Hill when uh, Waddle and I'm pretty sure most it was out as well. Yeah. So you are down two big playmakers. So there are only a few specific players that you like. We definitely have to mark them. Makes your job a bit easier on defense. And then considering how good this defense is to begin with, yeah, it, it, I don't think you were going to get much past them by almost pretty much constantly throwing to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, obviously six receptions of 76 yards, still decent, but considering you've targeted 12 times, only 50% made it through. Luckily, uh, a cane on the ground, 14 carries, 107 yards. Um, did did well from, but like, imagine if they had Tyreek Hill drawing defenders away for Waddle open space and yeah. most in the backfield as well. They would have done a lot better. Unfortunately, yeah, there was just issues in the uh, injury room because um, I, I think even Chubb went out this game. Chubb um, definitely went out this game. Di- didn't he get injured but then keep playing? I don't know. The, uh, the the image I saw of him out was him on a cart, so I don't think he'd come back from a cart. I'm, I've, I think something may have happened and he maybe stayed on for an extra few plays Okay. and then came off properly. Because I'm sure I saw something where they were like, we suspected it was an ACL tear. And then the comments was like, well, why did you keep him on? Yeah. If he was able to play for an ACL tear for two extra oh, yeah. snaps, that's insanely brutish for him. And like the amount of pain he must have been in. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So yeah, defensively as well. That's going to open up some gaps yeah. for you. Um, I do know, and actually I did remember as we were talking about it, that there is a slight bit of news in the fact that just as we're going into the playoffs, there's some you know, people trying to get some extra players in to help them secure these wins and everything. I know the one big one was Dalvin Cook has gone from the Jets to the Ravens. And at the moment, Miami have invited a player down to, you know, see how he is and everything before signing, and it's a Ndomican Sue. Ooh, okay. Who is a big beast of a defensive player, and uh, yeah. he could definitely fill that gap left by Chubb. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so hopefully, you know, in the future games, he would be able to help them progress in the playoffs if they do pick him up to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dalvin Cook's I, I, an interesting I, one. Pardon? Dalvin Cook's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, yeah, I guess you know they've had two big 
name running backs on the Ravens be injured for this yeah. season? Uh, is it J.K. Dobbins and Keaton Mitchell? So oh, that they sounds are, right, yeah. I think they are down to... Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Gus Edwards, Hill. Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And Melvin Gordon's old now. He's like, no matter where he goes, he would be third and str- third or fourth string. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, big big up to, you know, Cook being a great person on a Vikings offense, not getting what he deserves. So he goes to the Jets expecting better. Shit goes wrong for this them this season. So he's like, you know what, I want to go somewhere, get a ring. There you go. So. Um, and the Ravens are starting Tyler Huntley, so they are giving uh, Lamar a two-week rest for this yeah. week. <clears throat> but yeah, um, to go back to the original point. I think it was less failings or ish, like you know, something that the Dolphins did wrong. It was more, you know, they didn't have all they they didn't have their immense toolkit of things yeah yeah they were they were down because of injuries um yeah this this defense is just extremely high caliber um so i I think even if they were full powered more than likely could have lost this but you know the scoreline would have been a bit closer yeah completely agree um i think I think I'm scared of the Ravens. Oh yeah, yeah. This um, a lot of people keep like saying this is bringing back vibes of you know when they had like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed on the team defensively. It's bringing back them vibes there. If you're <clears throat> going to stay on the field, you're going to be punished for it. Yeah. One thing I did want to say, and I wanted to say, apparently, uh. The Ravens, I'm just reading the news. Somebody sent me the news story. The Ravens paid tribute to former running back Ray Rice. Now, Ray Rice finished playing for the Ravens a decade ago. Uh, I think his last game was actually in like 2013 or something like that. Um, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. But he had to leave in 2014 because... Video footage emerged of him knocking out his fiance in an elevator and then dragging her unconscious body to their hotel room. And I'm yeah, like, I've seen this. I'm like, I'm not being funny. And you can say as much as you want about him reforming himself and all this kind of stuff. Don't. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I get both sides of things. I remember reading it. And it was saying, like, he did this stuff to yeah. his now wife and has changed as a person. And, you know, people can change. Wait, um, she married him? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're together still. Not being funny. I don't know if you agree. If somebody knocked me unconscious, even if I was, like, in a committed relationship with them, I don't know that I would marry that person. It depends how much amnesia you get from the knocking out. Well, true, that's it, yeah. I, mean, I I get the decision that this person yeah. had something bad in their lives and have turned the corner, so I finally be given a bit of res- respect. But I also do also understand 
Yeah, you don't really want to be associated with people this, that have done yeah. that anyway. Yeah, I think I think there's a difference between what I'm thinking of respect. You can respect somebody for changing their way around. You don't have to celebrate them. And this mm. is this is what it feels like. This is a celebration of of you know his career at Baltimore, which again his career at Baltimore is separate to his his outside affairs and all this kind of stuff. But I just feel like he's in a bit of bad taste when he didn't play any NFL football after after the video came out. All this kind of stuff, and I don't know. It it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I get what you I mean. Like sometimes, yeah, sometimes things like that can feel like, regardless of how much they've changed because of something that's happened in the past, yeah, it kind of feels like, you know, you, you're celebrating the fact that somebody can do that and yeah, it not matter. Yeah, that's it. Because anybody else, they'd be ostracized from you know society, but because he's a an NFL former NFL running back. He gets to come back into the spotlight and be celebrated. It, it, yeah, it feels off. It feels off to me. I mean, to, to be fair, there's, there's shit loads of things around the NFL. Yeah. Like oh god, so. I say yeah, but as I say, I'm not. I'm not saying we should ignore these ones because there is shit tons of stuff. As I say I will always call out um, this sort of stuff when it happens. I called it out with Deshaun Watson, with Ben Roethlisberger. With countless others, if they say you do, if if you if you're a bad guy, I don't like you. I understand that the NFL is corrupt and will let you guys, um, you know, still play, still do this, still do that, the other, but you know, you'll always be that person in my head, namely because you earn uh, shit tons more per game than I will ever earn in my lifetime. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Unless you got anything you had to say about like the offense on the Ravens side, oh, uh, Just fucking scary! Their defense, scary, scary, scary. They are scary, know, scary, right. scary. Biggest thing to me, Zay Flowers surprises me every week. Every week, I think, you know, like you're the main wide receiver really now because you're the the young talent. Yeah. All right, Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, but then there's like, oh, there's like Nelson Aguilar. I wouldn't have ever put them as like first stringers anyway. So like, I see him as the main one. So I'm like, you're gonna get covered the most. But then he's still like three receptions for 106 yards and yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, ridiculous. Especially That's for rookie season. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the only reason we haven't talked about him more is because other rookies have done so well in the year. You know, Jamal Gibbs has been great for the Lions. CJ Stroud, obviously, is going to be one of those guys. Puka Nakua is another one of those guys that's just in the conversation. I think the thing that's stopping Zay Flowers being in that conversation is because Zay Flowers was a first-round pick, whereas a lot of those other guys, you know... Um, yeah, wild say, card type things. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud, quarterback. Jamal Gibbs... Uh, surprising running back pick, but Puka Nakua was like a fifth round pick or something like that. So yeah. a fifth round doing what Puka Nakua has done this year is more surprising than Zay Flowers being awesome. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Zay Flowers really is his yak. Yeah, true. He's ridiculous at like escaping the area of the tackle. I'd say like you know the spin moves and uh, jukes out of the way. Yeah, he, he's insane at that. Yeah, it's almost as if. Lamar Jackson has like gone. You know, I'll concentrate on the uh, p- 
pass a bit more and stay in the pocket a bit more this season. And it was like, well, what are you going to do with all this, you know, sidestepping ankle breaking ability? It's like, I will give this power to this rookie. <laughs> I bless you, son. I think I think this is a good progression of Lamar Jackson, though, because I say with these running and throwing quarterback sort of thing, some of them, like Cam Newton, just wear their body down far too much. I think yeah. Lamar Jackson is now at that point where he's in the mid-ground where he can make a decision to try and force it and get more and more injured, or he can develop into that pure quarterback sort of thing. Yeah. And then the yeah, runs, he, he's he had still too saves. many injuries. Yeah. And it's been like a bit of a, a forceful yeah. one into him. That he's been like, yeah. if you carry, almost like, you know, the, the three ghosts of Christmas type <laughs> thing. I've been like, if you carry on, this is how you'll end up type thing. So the the ghost of running back quarterbacks past is Cam Newton. Present because it's got to be haunting Lamar Jackson. It's got to be Jim Justin Hurst? Fields. Fields, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And then we've got to find the one for the future. So we'll talk to our good friend uh, Peter Jones about draft prospects, about who's going to be the ghosts of running back Christmas backs. Christmas backs? Quarterbacks. <laughs> future. Yeah. There we go. All right. Anything more to say about that game? No, nah, man. All right, let's move on uh, to the New England Patriots as they go to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Um, a very surprising game mm. um, with a kick return touchdown to put New England straight on the board. Two running back touch, or well, two running touchdowns. One by Zeke Elliott and the other by Bailey Zappi. But the Bills, the Bills just done the Bills things, which is just be randomly good. Um, Josh Allen ran it in twice, and then they think they got a defensive touchdown somewhere. I can't remember. Um, but yeah. The Bills won. Wan? What the fuck yeah. am I doing on the speaking today? Russell, the, Russell Douglas, your boy. Got oh, God, yeah. Interception TD. I remember now. It was painful. Um, but yes, uh, the Bills won this game 27 to 21. So an oddly competitive game for the Bills. Um, Bailey Zappi throwing 16 of 26, 209 yards, no touchdowns, but three interceptions. Um,. Josh Allen also threw no touch. Josh Allen had a shit game, apart from running in two touchdowns. Yeah. 15 of 30, 169 yards, zero touchdown, one interception. This was a terrible performance for a team that needs to play well to get into the playoffs at this point um, and can potentially win their division if they beat Miami this weekend. What the fuck was this game, Smith? Tell me. I feel like he had a very... If I can't find a deep pass um, that would put me past the um, goal line mark, sorry, not goal line, down marker within one pass, I'm just going to use my body on it. Because mm. uh, even like the past few weeks, James Cook has been really developing as a running back. But he doesn't seem to have been used great. Because um, he's got four more yards than Josh Allen but five more carries in total yeah 
And then even like he got one reception of three targets for minus four yards. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Was not a great game passing wise, but to be fair, the last time these guys met up was uh or sorry not last time they met up. That you know, remember last year it was these two that met up in that snow game and that was later on yep. in the year, obviously, and that yep. was just the shit for a passing game. Yeah, gotcha, absolutely. Um but it's weird, yeah, like seeing that like it was not a great game for passing. But also then you look at running numbers. The running numbers aren't great either. No, good no. This was a very meh game. Um I think the the biggest reason for anything is Zappy throwing three interceptions. Yeah. But like that that's it. There's nothing really stand out in this game. Yeah, there was a lot of punts. Um so well done to our punters in this. Um, yeah, a really crap game, and I really don't have much to say about it. And I wish I did. Yeah, no, unfortunately I don't. It was just one of them. I think the the Bills have been like that all season. They make yeah. whatever team they're playing look uh, playing against look like their skill level, and then sometimes come out on top. Sometimes get beat by a couple of points. Yeah. Yeah, not much more to say about that one. All right. Mm-hmm. In that case, we're going to move on to our second prediction game of the week. And that is the uh, Chicago Bears hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Both of us said the Falcons. So, of course, the Chicago Bears won uh, 37-17. I understand why I went Falcons, but I don't understand why you went Falcons. Because the Bears are shit, and they should be shit. (laughs) Okay. And you yeah. should, and say the Falcons aren't much better, but they should beat the shitty, shitty Bears. Yeah, but in my mind, all day, every day, they're not. This the defense is not going to contain Justin Fields. I and get that. Was that. The biggest issue to me. I that absolutely he was going get that. to be able yeah. to scramble for first downs and just wear the defense down. Okay, so then why did you allow? DJ Moore to get nine receptions for 159 yards because the passing defense is shit. I don't know if it's you know scheme wise or just you know bad reads, but they're just really bad against the pass. They're supposed to be good against the rush, and guess what? Kelly Herbert still put up 124 yards past them. Mm. I don't know what the fuck went wrong this week, but. I can I can definitely say when they try to contain Fields, one his ability to escape, and two just the. I can't tell if like they were just off balance because of you know his, uh, shiftiness or it's. I've seen it for the past few weeks. A lot of the ta- tackling looks a lot like very lackluster. Yeah. Like not they're not going in for it strong. Um, There's a lot of like slapping. And it just. You're just not going to get the tackle that way. No. Um, the no, quarterback no, I, situation. I kind of expected that yeah. outcome. Okay. Let's move on to talk about the quarterback situation at, uh, at Atlanta then. So, Taylor Heineke, awful day. 10 of 29, 163 yards. One touchdown, one, three interceptions. That touchdown had nothing to do with Taylor Heineke. Uh, that was a screen pass to Algier. 
and then it went all the way in like 75 yards. That was the only reception that Algier had in the game. Yeah. And it was the only target he had in the game. 75 yards for a touchdown. He was really the only bright spark in this team. Bijan had an average day. Uh, 15 carries, 75 yards. Um, Algier still, you know, five carries for 13 yards. Not great on the actual running back position. Drake London, meh. Uh, Van Jefferson, meh. Uh, Carl Pitts, nowhere to be seen, really. Um... Offensively bad, defensively bad, and just allowed a really bad team to roll over you. Yeah. I mean, you just look at it that way. Overall, there was 33 attempts in the passing game. 13 completed. Yeah. Yeah. That's shit. Yeah. Like, the one thing I'm worried about, and I wanted to talk about in the preview, but I thought, no, I'll see it with a review, is <clears throat> it's... Everybody debating about where Russell Wilson will land if you know he's getting he's gone from the Broncos. Yeah. And apparently Atlanta is the big landing spot for him because they need a QB. I don't think he's going to improve that position much, but I still think that he's going to be better than these two. He's definitely better than one of them. Desmond Ritter, the the experiments failed. Taylor Heineke has been the better quarterback for this team. This was not the game to use on his highlight reel for definite. Um, but he has not been the worst um, that could have been. So, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I don't I don't know where Russell Wilson ends up. I genuinely don't. I think... Oh, I can't remember what the list is. I just remember Atlanta being at the top, and I was like, no, I don't want it. Uh, I think Commanders was a possible. Commanders was the one I was going to say. Um, I can't remember what the others were. There was, I think there was a list of like six possible things, and Atlanta was at number one. So that's the main reason. I remember that. Yeah. My things, in all honesty, um, I kind of hope Bears go down the route of going drafting a QB. If they want to get rid of Fields, I'm kind of happy to take him. Yeah, I mean, there's a mega decision to be made about what's going to happen with the Bears. And I say they've got the number one overall pick. They have the two options in front of them to either get rid of Fields or, you know, get rid of that number one pick and once again do some drafting to try and get them some actual players on the team. Um, Arthur Smith, your uh, head coach, he has to go at the end of the season, right? See, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. A few games ago, there was things have been, like, regardless of how the season end, ends up, apparently they still want him for at least another year. But I, I do agree that there's some major coaching issues that need to be dealt with. Yeah. And obviously you got to start with the head. Yeah. Because I, 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 don't, I don't think it would be the GM's fault because they're bringing in talent in the draft. But then the head coach isn't using them. Yeah, that's it. You, you look at the talent you've got on this offense alone. Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, uh, Cordero Patterson when he's healthy or not suspended. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. There's so much talent that you should be thinking this should be an explosive team. Yeah. 
I say whether it's just that under centre guy or whether it is the fact that you know it's just being purely out coached every single week. As I say, from, from my point of view, I think Arthur Smith should be gone. Um, Harbour from uh, I think it's the Michigan teams. He's talking about a return, or he's being talked about for a return to the uh, to the NFL. I think this could be a great situation. Yeah, I'm going to get some research on him so we can do like a, an episode in the off season if yeah. it hasn't already happened by then because I know there's some teams interested. Uh, yeah. I didn't think Atlanta were one of them. I know recently I've seen Carolina about it, yeah. but I also saw the Michigan side saying that they would sign him up to this massive deal for 10 years, but it also comes with a cannot even like uh, speak, you know, um, even like look at contracts to join the NFL for at least a year. Okay. So it's this big thing like that. Yeah, I mean, um, I can understand that. If you're Michigan, you want to wrap this guy up. Um, and as I say, I can completely understand that. For me personally, as I say, I think there's actually a lot more money in, in college football coaching than there is anything else, which is embarrassing to say. Um, he had a stint in the NFL before. He wasn't successful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, with the amount of bad coaching that's going on in the NFL right now, you'd be yeah. hard-pressed to try and look anywhere else for talent. Yeah, I mean, I think it, at the moment it's Michigan Wolverines and Washington college football teams in one of the college yep. finals, like whatever big final it is. Michigan haven't won it for like 60-odd years, and Washington have never won it. Yeah. So the college landscape of like coaching and everything is definitely changing. Yeah. Um, especially considering like Georgia's been that almost like Patriot side for the past couple of years, you know, just winning it back-to-back and uh, like Alabama and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. don't know a lot about football, uh, college football, uh, with the teams and the landscapes and stuff like that, but yeah, I know that this is... Uh, this is quite a historic thing. I can't wait to just take that one clip. If you've seen, I don't know a lot about football. I just put it right at the start of the episode before the intro. Yeah, you would do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, all right. Atlanta going into the final week. They need a win and something good to happen. Given this performance, I'm guessing you're not confident of that then. Oh, not confident, but like I said, they can't disappoint me anymore because I sent you that thing. It's <laughs> yeah. been seven straight seasons of losing seasons, and apart from like one season, it's seven wins in every single season. So they can't disappoint me any worse. Like they can't be, they can't lower my expectations now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talking about lowering expectations, uh, we're then going to move on to talk about the Tennessee Titans going to Houston to ta- uh, to take on the Texans. Um, Will Levis went out of this game after throwing six attempts, uh, completed two of them for 16 yards. Therefore, Tannehill came in, and in typical Tannehill fashion, he did not do enough. Um, He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. (coughs) Um, The Titans only put up three points in the second quarter, uh, and Houston just continued this amazing stretch of games with CJ Stroud. Um, yeah, they won twenty six to three. Um, I don't want to spend too long on this, and I don't want to talk about the Titans really. Um, Texans, given that their season that they've been having, 
given the players that they've lost, should we still be surprised by how good CJ Stroud is playing, or should we just be like, no, this is just now, this is just who he is now? Uh, I guess we should, we should be like that. This is who he is because I, I think he's proved it throughout the season where. Yeah, he's got these main players that he will throw throw to, but there will be games where he mixes it up a little. And like, there was a week, weren't there, where he had out of like the five top receiving leaders for the week, three or maybe even four of them were all Texans players. Yeah, because he balled out that much. Um, so I I would say that that's just who he is now. Yeah. Um, rather than. Saying, you know, who he's got and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And I say the Texans have got a long, good future ahead of them. They sh- they've drafted well over the past year or two. Um, Devin Singletary had a great job on rushing, uh, 16 carries for uh, 80 yards. Could have done better, has done better in the past. Damian Pierce is another guy that I think... You had eight carries for 16 yards... If you're wanting to keep putting the pressure on to be running back one, you need to do a lot better than this. Um, and I, as I say, I think I think Singletary's come in and potentially have taken that job away from him. I do think though Singletary is quite a big uh, running back for up the middle plays, like the yeah. inside zone type thing. And you know Tennessee, I, I'm. I, th- I think they're a good defense for defending that. So yeah, yeah, it's not the best game for numbers, but I think this is good compared to like c- considering who you were against. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Damian Pierce I thought would have a much better season, but it's, I know he's be- he was injured for a while, so maybe you know because of how well Devin Singletary have been been doing, mm. they've, they've been a bit like, look, we don't have to risk Pierce. Yeah, we'll put him in for a few plays, but you know, keep him as fresh as possible. And if we see a downhill thing from Singletary, then we can, you know, yeah. mix him in and everything and get get yeah. it back to how it was. But yep. at the moment, we're playing safe. Um, yep. And CJ Stroud, obviously, being how he is, don't have to rely as much on the run game. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Um, anything else you want to say about this game? No, I'm you know I'm glad. CJ Stroud came back after the yeah. uh, good game, like the games that I needed him to win fantasy. So there you go, there you go. All right then. All that time, mate. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, the Tennessee Titans need to have a rebuild over the next season to uh, to try and come back and build around Will Levis. I think that's got to be the answer. Um, I don't think the Tannehill. Yeah, they've got draft receivers next year. Yeah, yeah. Receivers, I I would I would get another uh, running back in because I think that I, as I say, I I think that Derek Henry is potentially on his way out this season. Um, yeah. I I definitely think that I think go draft receivers, free agency for running backs. There's that many of them. I'm not 100 percent sure if Jacobs will be staying at the Raiders. Or um, Saquon at the Giants. So he'd be, yeah, they'd be good good shouts. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. All righty then. All righty then. Talking of Jacobs and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, we're going to move on to their game as they go to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. 
Uh, massive game for both teams. Um, <clears throat> Las Vegas started off really, really poorly, uh, only putting up three points in the first half. Indianapolis consistent as ever, putting points up in all four quarters. Uh, final score is a lot closer than people would have given it credit for, um, but the Colts come away with a win, 23-20. to Um... Yeah, take it away. I've got. I've, I've. I need to gather my thoughts on this one. Yeah, it was one of them where, like, where I was watching it, I was like, oh, I, honestly, flew past my mind that Jonathan Taylor was on this team because he's been in and out that much with injury. Yeah, I didn't know he was playing this week. You know, twenty-one carries, ninety-six yards, not great average-wise, but you know, great in total, especially getting a touchdown as well. <coughs> Minshew. Didn't have one of his greater weeks, but he definitely had a better week than the week before. Um, so he definitely kept them in contention and was trying to play it a lot safer, um, I think, because, you know, his completion's 15 and 23. So eight non-completions. You know, I'd say 15 out of 23 doesn't look that great, but when you look at eight non-completions, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. Especially since he's through zero interceptions. And some of the teams that we've played, like, seeing, like, the uh, Chiefs, who were supposed to be, you know, this high-caliber team, threw in, what, three interceptions against this same defense? Yeah. Played a lot better, played a lot safer. Um, Raiders side, though. O'Connell, one yard away from 300-yard game. Um, And Devontae Adams having his best game in the past two years that he's spent at the Raiders, I think. I think you're right. Um, But, I mean... 13 receptions, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. He was targeted 21 times. Yeah. That's a ridiculous amount of targets. Yeah. Um, Zemir White, 20 carries, 71 yards. I think he could have done better, especially considering how he's been doing the past few weeks. But I think because of either the benching Jacobs or him sitting out due to some form of injury, them doing the like old switch every now and again to keep him off fresh may have been a bit of a impact because I know Abdullah is a backup running back but I don't think he's an impact player. No, no. At least not yet anyway. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I think uh, yeah, I mean, the Raiders have had a, a mismanaged situation over the past two years with the whole unceremonious get ridding of of Carr, uh, the bringing in of Devontae Adams and it not really doing anything um, versus then, you know, that, that kind of switch over to Jimmy G. Jimmy G almost immediately getting injured. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a success story for Vegas uh, to be this close to winning. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> one of their big... Things as well, which I think was great in this game, is again Max Crosby. We're talking about a lot. He's a very uh, get inside your head defensive player, and yeah. he didn't get a sack this game. But I know he got a tackle for loss, and he he was in there and everywhere as much as he possibly could do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of all the p- points I had on this game. To be honest, yes, yeah, that's fair. That's completely fair. I had really nothing to say about this game other than it was very quick and very boring for the most part. 
Uh, much like my love life. <laughs> yeah. You need to find some more wild women if you're calling your love life boring. Well, I mean, it's because it, nothing happens. Oh, okay. Right. There's just nothing there. No, okay. there's literally, like... I, I'm the first, kind of... Uh, after the touchdown and the field goal for the Las... Uh, yeah, after the field goal for Las Vegas, when it was punt, 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 punt. That's that's my love life. Just punting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm being punted away every every opportunity. That's uh, almost as like bad an insult as like, you know one where it's like, oh, your partner looks like he drops common loot. Oh mate, I this definitely like... <laughs> drop common loot. <laughs> your life is just a series of punts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, We're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers as they punted away any chance of ending the season gracefully uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Jacksonville put up 26 points. Uh, Carolina put up a fat goose egg. Bryce Young having one of the worst games of his career. Um, 19 of 32, 112 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, uh, and nobody supporting him really. Shuba Hubbard, uh, 11 carries for 45 yards. Miles Sanders, two carries for 10 yards. Um, yeah, this this was an awful performance. I don't want to take anything away from the Jags because CJ Beathard stepped into Trevor Lawrence's shoes. And, again, didn't really light anything up, um, but heavily relied on Travis Etienne uh, to come in and do what he needed to do, uh, putting up the points, putting up the yardage, all that kind of stuff. Um, So this isn't a mega success story in terms of the Jacksonville Jags, you know, taking command of a a poor situation in Carolina. Um, What did you think of this game? This was a very, like, please stop, he's already dead type mm. game. Um, <clears throat> I did think that this, when they got to halftime, uh, I thought, okay, you know, it's a close score. And then when he, they did the third quarter, yeah, obviously it was 19 to nothing what, 19 by the end of that. Yeah. I did think, you know what, maybe you should put some backups on the field to get them some, you know, t- snap, snap counts in and some time around the ball uh but no they decided to keep kicking <laughs> the panthers whilst they were down yeah um yeah like you said was not a great game for for young at all <clears throat> but said it's all season his old line doesn't help him out he's got no help in the run game he's only got pretty much the one proper wide receiver to throw to yeah he's just in a ridiculously bad situation um, and yeah, like like I said, online doesn't help. Being sacked six times no. for forty five yards. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure as well he was down for a little bit of time. Um, like just you know because he took a big hit. Yeah. Uh, and considering what five of the six sacks were two were Trayvon Walker and three were Josh Allen, who are big guys. Mm-hmm. And considering Brees Young's natural size. Isn't a big quarterback like height wise? What is it, Kyler Murray size? Yeah, and then he's not even. I don't. I think you know Kyler Murray is quite thick and a bit stockier, especially in the leg department. 
Bryce Young looks quite skinny. I would never describe Kyler Murray as thick. What would you call him then? Uh, I think he's a bit better. Bit, a bit bigger. He, I mean, yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I guess in comparison to Bryce Young, yes. But it's, it still feels wrong to call him thick. Okay. <laughs> Thick with minus one C's. Yeah, I, I get the yeah, end. I'm not calling thick in that way yeah, at yeah. all. Just yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> if 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 it was a normal person, Breeze Young would be skin and bone. Okay, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I I completely agree with that. That level. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this was. Not even a, a nail in the coffin type of thing for the Panthers. This was like, oh my god, there's that uh, stupid team inside the coffin. Set it on fire. <laughs> that coffin's been buried for two weeks. Let's dig it up and set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> How far down is that coffin? Six foot. Maybe we can make it 12 foot this week, you know? Is there any way we can put seismic activity underneath it? <laughs> Oh, I got it. We should do what they did in World War One, where hire like miners to go underneath it and set off mines underneath it. That's what we'll do. Is it real? Yeah, I'll gotcha. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, right. We'll talk about that another time. I will send you the link to the. I'll send you the synopsis of the film. Jesus. Because they made a film about it. Um, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, but yes, we're gonna What's move next? on from that <laughs> and talk about. I was trying to tell you what was next. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next is you're fired. Um, <gasps> I didn't catch that. Uh, fuck off, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> What's next is the Los Angeles Rams going to New York to face the Giants. Uh, LA, obviously, at this point, had already been guaranteed playoff spot. Uh, they just needed to get a couple of wins to guarantee their seeding. Um, pardon me. New York put up a fight. Yeah, they did. New York put up a fight. Uh, LA scored consistently throughout the game. And New York decided after the second, uh, as the second quarter began to actually put up a fight as well. Um, the final score for this game was 25-26 to 26 in favour of LA. Um, a very, very close game. Um, How did this end? Was this a Hail Mary or was this like a missed field goal? I can't remember. This was uh, Mason Crosby fucking over the New York franchise once again. Um, yes, Mason Crosby, the former Green Bay Packers kicker, is now the kicker for the New York Giants, and he missed a 54-yard field goal uh, to give possession over to the Rams, who knelt on it once and finished off the game. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah, for some reason, I don't remember much happening in this game, considering how close it was and I, it just when I feel like I should remember more, especially like with that ending. Yeah. Um I remember I about remember three the punt return. Yeah. 
uh, which really surprised me. I thought, Jesus Christ, the Rams better not lose this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the stats now. I'm like, okay, yep. Colby yeah. uh, Turner had a good game. Isn't he a ro- he's a rookie, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, third round this year. I think we discussed that in the last episode that he was their first pick in the draft because he didn't have a first or a second rounder. That sounds familiar. Um, yep. But yeah, it's Pukanuku a game. Cooper Hook Cup, right? Do you reckon he's he's just drawing away defenders? Oh God, that's me. why he's not getting the ball as much. He's either been told <clears throat> you need to draw away defenders and we're going to use Puka for this, or he's been told. Calm yourself down. We need you for the playoffs. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I think as well, maybe Stafford's been told to calm down as well because as much as he had 34 attempts, they did also give Karen Williams 20 carries Yeah. in the yeah. run game, which is quite high, I think, for their run game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, not great yardage, considering, but still enough to be a decent, serviceable running back. Um, but yeah, I think the main point about this one was how dangerous the Giants looked, especially towards the end of the game. Um, Saquon Barkley not having a great game, 12 carries for 39 yards. Wondell Robinson came in, one carry for 24 yards. The big thing for me was how good Darren Waller looked. He's been a good threat this whole season, but he just seemed to have not been able to actually link up with anybody properly. Um, obviously, Wondell Robinson had that uh, six receptions for 55 yards, and Darius Slayton, their main receiver, uh, four receptions for 106 yards. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of good dudes on this on this offense that um, you feel. If the Giants had to trade away to try and get some draft capital to rebuild this team, a lot of those guys could go. Um, you know, Slayton, Robinson, Waller, Jalen Hyatt as well. I would, you know, somebody would pick him up. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talent on this team that's just not being utilised properly. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, there's not not much else that I can say about this game because no. yeah, I really just don't remember it for some reason. Yeah, I say the the three things I remember is that failed field goal, um, Darren Waller almost catching um, a really good pass and then being pushed to the ground, um, and Puka Nakua. And I'm going Puka Nakua looks fucking scary. I would not like to be. This is the thing. Like the Rams haven't been there all season. But when they have been there, they've been worrying. I don't think I would like to place to, to face the Rams in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. I think their defense has stepped up unexpectedly. Oh yeah, and their offense, who we thought was going to be a one-man marching band, has you know really surprised us this season. And yeah, yeah, if you're a team that has been you know being played by injuries all season. This is a team where I'm like, shit, we've got these. Yeah, yeah. There you go, there you go. All right, we're going to move on from that game then and talk about the most surprising game of the week. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals go to MetLife Stadium to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's the MetLife Stadium. No, it's not MetLife, is it? 
financial field. Um, financial field to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and for a lot of this game, Philadelphia looked in control. First half ended 21 points to 6. Um, Arizona were allowed to put up 15 unanswered points in the third quarter. And then a very, very close game at the fourth quarter led to an Arizona Cardinals victory. Yes, you heard me right. The Arizona Cardinals beat the Philadelphia <clears throat> Eagles um, to almost solidify the fact that a team will not repeat to win the NFC East in consecutive years. Um, what the fuck? Is my first question. Uh, my second question is how? Mistakes. Yeah. Just just too too many mistakes. Honestly, I, I can't remember them, and I don't think these are mistakes that you can look up stats-wise. But I just remember there being too much going wrong for them on the day, and it was one of them. They should have... I can't remember how long was left on the clock. They should have just played. They could have played it safe and just retained possession, yeah. but they ended up giving it away. And there, there was just, there was just enough time on the clock for the Cardinals to get one extra scoring. Um, the, the simplest thing to me is that the Eagles yet again, when they've lost this season, defeated themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I also don't know what happened in that defense against the run game yeah honestly i think james connor is a great running back but yeah to put 128 yards past this defense yeah i thought it was ridiculous yeah absolutely absolutely jesus the funniest part about so, this is that i i i when i've been watching around my mate me and my mate when whenever we see greg dorch come up both of us go dorch and that's just it. <laughs> now, obviously, just... over the previous few weeks, that's been happening a little bit here and there. The amount of times we said Dorch in this game was funny as fuck to me. Just because every, every, it seemed like every five minutes we were mentioning Dorch's name. He caught seven of seven for 82 yards. Um, so, yeah, Greg Dorch. Dorch. Um, I was just saw a start then that like, popped up on the page that I'm on. So... <clears throat> The Eagles, defensively, so points per game, defensively, are the 31st ranked team in the NFL. This is since week week 13, so this has passed four weeks. Wow. They've let 31 points per game. Yards per game, 377.6. They're 29th in the NFL. Third down percentage. 49.2, 41st in the NFL, and red zone T touchdown percentage, 75, 31st in the NFL. These past four weeks have been terrible for them, defensively, apparently. Um, I know a lot of people are blaming the, like, secondary, Mm -hmm. like the backfield players, but when a running back's putting that many yards against you, regardless of how many carries they had... You can't just blame the backfield. No, no, not the slightest. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's ridiculous for the Eagles. 
Like I, I know they were, they've been having issues like in connections and not getting timings right or communications a bit wrong uh, in on the offense. But I didn't realize that the defense had fell that low over yeah. these past few weeks. Um, actual game. Do you remember thinking, "Oh, Kyler Murray's playing really well." Yeah. And I remember being worried by that thought. <laughs> Do you think that was him? Or because of what I've just said? Because th- of the defence playing shit? I think it's a bit of both. I think mm-hmm. it's literally a case of um, the defence playing shit and then Kyla going, well, we've got nothing to lose now. So I can't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Almost to that that effect. And I'd say, like, you know, the Cardinals, three of their wins have come when Kyler's stepped back into that driving seat. Um, so I think they went the first, what, 11 games? 12, was it 11 games? With, uh, with Kyler being out? Or was it worse than that? Or is it, was there more games? I can't remember now. Um, so you can't you can't say that Kyler hasn't had a positive impact in this team, um, and I say I, I for one was one of those guys who said, well, Josh Dobbs has done so much for you, yeah, all right, he's not won anything, but to get rid of him just like that seems a bit crazy, and then you see right, well, Kyler's come back in, and the way he's been playing, yeah, I kind of I, I kind of understand why he was uh, why Dobbs was allowed to go. <coughs> yeah, they were they were the ones see, <coughs> seeing this in the facility yeah. back at uh, camp and yeah. everything. So they were like, "Yeah, we we know what we know the storm that we're creating that's yeah. coming." Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, what are you thinking of him this season? Do you think he's panicking a lot more? I don't know. Is it like to me? He doesn't seem to be sitting in the pocket as much for as long anymore. He's doing yeah. that thing where he's almost slightly like bouncing out as as he's trying to read the plays, not scrambling out straight away, but bouncing out. So you you're just getting a little bit too close to the edge of the actual pocket itself, mm. that you you're making it more dangerous for yourself. Obviously, I think in his mind he's either just doing it automatically without thinking, or he's thinking. I'm just going to instantly get close to the edge of the pocket. So yeah. if anything breaks, I'm already ready to go. Type yeah. thing. I think, I think when you do that, lot. it also brings the linebackers forward yeah. and they're already like, the second you run, I'm on you. Yeah. I, I agree with what you just said. I agree with what you said. I don't think it's solely on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. I oh, think yeah. there's a lot that he's kind of... Because let's be honest, if your defense is thirty first in the league for nearly everything defensively stat wise, there's a lot of pressure on the offense to then try and do everything to get it right, and that's a tough burden, um, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on every single member of the offense. Um, so that everything gets kind of highlighted. Um, so I can't say that Jalen Hurts has suddenly become a bad quarterback. I think there is room for improvement. 
and you gotta gotta think about the, the the mentality and the resilience of this team. Are they going to be able to come back from a Super Bowl loss and play like they needed to? Um, yeah, it's a tough one. There's there's got to be a lot of mental resilience in that camp at the moment. To I say they're in the playoffs. It's just now about seeding. Yeah, I, I think mean, there's yeah yeah. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, no, it's fine. Um, I was gonna say <clears throat> to me, I don't think he's got worse as, as a player at all. Um, there's just there has just been issues all around, and it's it's not helped him out in any way. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did like might not be true. Might just be me, you know, overthinking things. But obviously, they went all the way to the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the the Kelsey podcast, and then it automatically played an older episode on. Um, and it one of those things where they were saying like. A lot of their team has come back, so they are very more. I think they're as close to last year's team as possible. Yeah. May like maybe the closest to the year before at any other team in the NFL. So to me, if everything's kind of staying the same, everybody has an extra year of knowledge on how you play, and yeah. how to defend against you. So over the course of the season, if they see that things have not changed that much from last season, mm-hmm. of course, as it gets to the end of the season, people are gonna, you know, it's gonna be a lot harder to gain yards offensively, and defenses are going to be able to put pressure on a lot more yeah. and defend the pass. It, that's just something that, like, I kind of thought in my head. I don't know how true that is. Or, yeah. Um, no, I mean to be fair with what you've been saying, what I've been hearing around is that. People are very unhappy. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans are very unhappy with Nick Sirianni. Um, so that kind of speaks volumes to yeah. All right, if if you you you're exactly right in talking about you know a lot of the returners and all that kind of stuff. So if those stats play out as they are, you know Nick Sirianni not making enough adjustments to disguise what they need to do and just relying on what they've done in the past. Then that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a oh stick with what you're good at type thing, but Yeah. You can't you can't do that in this sport. No. Because everything is recorded, everybody watches every second of everything. Yeah. Yeah, just a little thing that I thought of. Yeah. No, completely fair, mate. Completely fair. But yeah. Like I said, big big surprise, big upset. Yeah. I, again, I just I think they defeat themselves. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword for the for the Cardinals. You know, they get a bit of confidence going into next season, but they also get worse draft position because of this. Um, yeah, true. I think they're now up to like the third pick in the league. I can't remember now. And they might be fourth. Might be uh, <clears throat> higher than that because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, at the moment it's Bears. Commanders, Patriots, and then okay. it might be Vikings. So the Cardinals, Vikings, or Vikings, Cardinals. So the ones I have at the moment is Bears at one because of the trade, Commanders yep. at two, Patriots yep. at three, Cardinals yep. at four, yep. Giants at five, yep. Chargers at six, Tennessee yep. at seven, yep. Jets at eight, yep. Falcons at nine, Bears yep. again at ten. 
uh, Vegas at 11, and then Vikings at 12. And I say the Vikings dropped so much. I remember them seeing like seeing them really high. Yeah. Maybe that was my brain's just gone back to really early on in the season or something. Yeah, maybe. Because <clears throat> I remember them being top top five at one point. Yeah, uh, draft wise, but yeah. There you go. All right, we're going to move on from this game then and talk about the New Orleans Saints as they go to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. And this was an awful game for the Buccaneers, who really needed a solid performance um, to go and secure the NFC South. Um, Derek Carr and uh, Jamal Williams linking up for 19 carries, 58 runs, uh, 58 yards. Juwan Johnson, a name that is not on a lot of people's heads, um, or lips, should I say, because that's how the saying goes. Um, linking up really well. Eight receptions for 90 yards. Taysom Hill, we've talked about in the past, uh, not really knowing what position he's played. Well, guess what? He got two receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown out of two targets. Alave, relatively quiet in this game. Rahid, Rashid Shahid, uh, quiet in this game. Um, it's, it's funny. It, it's one of them that we keep... We've said a few times that we think that they're on the track to... Just using car and solely car, yeah, uh, rather than mixing up. And then it, this is the week that Taysom Hill gets two receptions for thirty yards, yeah, uh, and a touchdown, two carries for a yard, and also throws one of uh, completion out of two attempts, yeah. So yeah. it went back to that him, yeah, of, yeah just just fit fit him in wherever he, he's got a jersey on, yeah. get him on the pitch, yeah, yeah. And this is what I'm saying though, like when he takes a certain amount of snaps. The Saints just seem to come alive in a different way, mm-hmm. um, and that this is it. And when he's on the pitch, you just don't know what position he's actually going um, to play to to go from there. So yeah, confusing stats, confusing times. Um, I mean, I'm just going to say it now. I don't have a lot to say about this game. I remember watching it and thinking, Jesus Christ, how are the Saints doing this yeah. to the books? Yeah. And, but then also being like, I really don't care. <laughs> just concentrating on the other other games. Um, yeah, just looking at the stats, because, like I said, I don't remember much because I wasn't paying attention to it, but two interceptions seemed to be their biggest downfall. Yeah. Um, run game seemed really bad on the, the 11 carries, 42 yards for Rashid White, when he's been quite a good um, release for Mayfield on the ground. Um. Yeah, it looks like you know both sides or both styles of offense were a bit flustered on the day. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> even though, you know, I think Mike Evans, Trey Palmer, and Chris Godwin all got decent numbers in you know yardage. Yeah. Just came, obviously, that too little, too late type thing only scoring in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, Tampa Bay scored nothing in the first three quarters, which you just can't allow to happen in a in a game of football like this. This is too tight uh, when you're in contention to win your division and guarantee a playoff spot. You need to wrap this up. And I was saying, I'm not saying that, you know, New Orleans Saints did not deserve this, and they have been in the running for this for um, for the season. 
but it's just sometimes they've just not been there for certain games. They've not worked out how to do their quarterback situation correctly, all that kind of stuff. There have been more problems on the Saints team than any other kind of division, uh, sorry, team in the NFC South, apart from, you know, the Carolina Panthers. When you look at this division, you think, right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have got all of their position players in place. You know, they, they know what kind of offense they're playing. There's no will they, won't they about certain people in certain positions. It just seemed like they shot themselves in the foot more than they needed to um, for this game. Yeah, I, I don't know. This This is one of those ones where, like... On paper, this should have been a lot more competitive, um, and you can't have a, this kind of loss um, going into the final week of the NFL with this loss hanging over you. Yeah, no, I completely agree. This this was the box game to lose, and mm-hmm. they fucked it. Yeah, truly. So now truly. that entire the entire division, or at least three quarters of the division, kind of has this last week to yeah do what they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I've got nothing to say. You've already said you nah. have nothing to say, so we'll move on. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna, like, I think I'm going to be the same next next year and every year to come. Any Saints games? Don't give a shit about. <laughs> <coughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to the San Francisco 49ers that they go to Washington to take on the Commanders, and Commanders fucked it. Um, you know, not that we thought they were going to stand a chance against the 49ers, but yeah, Sam Howell is again one of those players where he's not good enough to be the starting quarterback. He the thing is, is like he can throw for decent yardage, he's just not consistent enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it's coaching, I don't know whether it's offensive play calling. Oh, it's just his talent. His talent just wears out uh, halfway mm-hmm. through the week. Um, yeah, he's just not the guy uh, that's going to be, you know, quarterback in this team for the long term future, unless something changes. Um, Brian Robinson had a decent showing numbers wise: nine carries, forty four yards, so an average of nearly five. But the big thing for me is that the amount of talent that's being wasted. Um, Terry McLaurin four receptions, 61 yards a very talented player that could do some amazing stuff elsewhere Curtis Samuel uh, Brian Robinson had some receptions as well and yeah just that John Dotson John Dotson is a great player that he's just not being given the service that he needs, he had one target that he, I'm guessing was in some kind of coverage was just not able to pick in um, not good, not good. Um, unsurprisingly, the 49ers win this, and uh, everybody looks good. Yeah, they win this with McCaffrey going out injured as well, and mm-hmm. go to Elijah Mitchell, who <clears throat> obviously because of McCaffrey, not heard Mitchell's name all season. Yeah, but he was still able himself, 17 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, decent. Yeah, the the one weird stat to me, and I don't remember like why, like obviously Sam Donald. Took some snaps, but clearly took took a knee. Mm-hmm. He took two carries in quotations, yeah, minus two yards. Yeah. Um, 
apparently he took a single snap in the passing game, mm-hmm. but got sacked. So he took a sack and took two knees. That is all he contributed to this game. Okay. But he's been the starter in week 18, so everybody can rest. I mean, yeah, I'm not being funny. They have the number one overall pick, uh, uh, number one seeding uh, wrapped up. They do not need to do anything in this. Um, they it could just literally It's not field. like it doesn't make sense. It's more... Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm... I'm the, yeah. I don't feel that game's going to be any form of exciting. Oh, God, whatsoever. no. No, no, no. No, absolutely not. But yeah, Ayuk, great game. Uh, bit muted on the other like receivers, but it seems like they did not try to target a lot of people. It was just Ayuk all day, and then uh, concentrate a lot more on the run game, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I'd say there are some fantastic players on this pitch. Um, and there, I say, there are too many to not be a successful football team. Ayuk, uh, mm. Samuel, Kittle, Juszczyk, um, all of those are fantastic receivers. And as you say, you've got Elijah Mitchell, who, when he needs to be used, can put in a performance like this on top of McCaffrey. This is a win-now franchise. This is a yeah. franchise that literally, you know, had potentially their Super Bowl taken away from them last year with the injury to Purdy um, just tanking their, their their game against the Eagles. But yeah, it, this is a very much a franchise that's set up to win, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yes, yeah, obviously you talked about the Washington side. It's kind of a waste of talent, really. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, there's, there's not really much to say about this. Even no. on the the defense, I'm, I'm I'm feeling like I'm after having to concentrate and learn a bit more about who's there, who's standout players and stuff like that because yep. of the people that have left. Um, but yeah, if, it, if this this ends up in week 18 where we knew that Purdy wouldn't be playing, maybe would it it'd be a bit like oh the Commanders might have a chance, but because yep. it was the the full weaponry and arsenal that the 49ers have and everything there. Washington didn't really stand a chance. No, no. I think the thing is, with this game, it was one of those where they didn't need to win it to lock up the number one um, seed for the playoffs because of uh, games that happened later uh, that wrapped it up for them. But again, Mm -hmm. when you play this game you know that you need to win to guarantee to wrap it up and not allow other teams to, to have a shot at it. In the f- you just do what you need to do. Now they've got that, they can rest, and those starters can get two weeks of rest so they can go into you know the, the first week of what's going to be their playoffs um, and just actually you know have everybody, probably not 100% fitness, but at least at you know, 95 Um, but yeah, nothing else to say on this game. Fantastic. All righty then. Um, so we're going to move on and talk about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as they go to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Um, pardon me. This game had two of the most beautiful running touchdowns that I have seen for quite a while. Um, Jalen Warren for the first one, taking it in 
a start step here, start step there, great blocking into the end zone. And then Kenneth Walker just doing something amazing in the in in the start of the second half, uh second quarter even. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Those are two fantastic running backs that are gonna lead their you know, be the decision makers on their teams for quite a while. Um as we knew, Mason Rudolph started this game and had a really great showing. Um, 18 of 24 for 274 yards. Geno Smith, um, again, doing his, his best, throwing really good um, out of the pocket. Uh, 23 of 33 for 290 and a touchdown. Mason Rudolph not having a throwing touchdown because Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were there to pick up the pieces. Um Seahawks didn't score anything in the first quarter, and that seems to have been that kind of reason they were so far behind. Um, Pittsburgh won this game 30-23. With the almost unceremonious loss uh, of Kenny Pickett and what they're going to do with that, George Pickens is kind of stepped up to still maintain that really good balance uh seven reception seven receptions for 131 yards at nine targets Deontay Johnson proving himself as a really great second option fire move uh still there and say so Jalen Warren if if I'm Najee Harris even though I know I've got 27 carries 122 yards two touchdowns in this game Jalen Warren would frighten me, like, for my job security. Because he, I say, Jalen Warren, 13 yards, 70, 13 yards, 13 carries, 75 yards and a touchdown. And then four receptions for 23 yards. Yeah. Those are some good numbers. Those are some good numbers. Um, Where did it go wrong for the Seahawks? Where did it go wrong for the Seahawks? I'm back. Yeah, I heard your mute, mic unmute, so I asked you. Okay. Um. I mean, clearly in defending the run game. There you go. Done. I mean, Na- Najee Harris having that bigger game. Yeah, clearly points that your run defense was not great this week because he is a very much up the middle runner um, and then you see him on the pitch I would assume that you would have that D-line sort of ready for that Yeah. Uh, so if he's a sp- like if this was a good like O-line I would say like okay sometimes the O-line can fuck up the D-line but the, the stats we've seen about their protection being almost like like 28th or less in the league it's yeah, it's the D line not re- like recognizing plays. I'd I'd, I'd say, um, yeah, and just just allowing too much from him. Uh, obviously, George Pickens as well. I wouldn't expect him. I would would not have expected him to get if he was even to have a good game this many yards against certain players in the backfield like Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, um, but. Yeah, I think he's kind of proven his talents this game. That even in kind of hard situations, 
he can still bring the ball in. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess that was the, the main thing. I do remember being really angry at the lack of usage for Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett, because even though I wasn't in any fantasy games, I'm still getting notifications about their oh, usage. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing what points they came up in, it was fucking nothing. Um, So, yeah. Even though Smith and Jigger got that one touchdown, that was all he was used for. Tyler Lockett had one um, completion of five targets. Metcalf seems to be the only one that was getting that those deep balls that game. And I... You know, like, the, the Steelers' backfield, good at defending the passes. I think sometimes Metcalf, you know, because of his size, is able to just bully certain players yeah. and physically take it in. Lockett and Smith and Jigba don't have that physicality about them, so if they use if you're using them in the same way, it's not gonna work. No. The, yeah. There's the the biggest failings I'd say. Even Kenneth Walker. I mean like like you said, he he's had a great touchdown. Mm-hmm. But apart from that did he have anything else really good this game? His average yardage, but no. I'd say those 10 carries, you'd say he's been unto, underused. But I think the yeah. trouble is the Seahawks, when they didn't, you know, when they went far, you know, into that kind of game and not able to pick up the yardage they needed, um, you know, that, that they, they were on the back foot for a lot of this game. Um, and I think they almost abandoned the run a bit too quickly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you look at these two teams, and even with the quarterbacks, 15 yeah. rushing carries for the Seahawks, 46 for the Steelers. Yeah. Steelers are recognising things were working and just are stuck with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, honestly. Way the Steelers' offense has been performing, didn't expect this win for them, but good on them. Yeah, yeah, and I say they, uh, I think they have a chance to get into the playoffs if certain results go their way. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, moving on to a game that I really don't want to talk about for too much. Um, this is the Chargers going up against the Broncos. Um, Eastern Stick, the starter for the Chargers, not really doing much in the way of leading them to points. They didn't put up a single touchdown this game, only three field goals. Broncos uh, obviously starting Jared Stidham after the whole Russell Wilson controversy of dropping him and seeing where he goes afterwards. Um, Able to put up one touchdown. The rest was field goals. Not really a great showing for him. Um, and really just underutilizing some of the, the the actual playmakers on this team. Uh, Denver wins sixteen to nine. Um, do you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, not 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 good thoughts. Just okay. You know, main thing I'm going to point out is you know both run games pretty shit. Yeah. Uh, especially you know Chargers side don't have the starting quarterback. One of the big things you should be able to rely on, uh, especially like the amount of talent on your team, is have a running back who can carry you through some games. But yep. Eckler is not that running back. And mm-hmm. apparently the mm-hmm. backups that they've got, I don't know if they're just not performing or they're not schemed up to help them in an actual running back's run uh, rather than an outside run or a like 
screen pass type situation. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just because it was Chargers. Did you get to watch that video about Dicker the Kicker? Uh, you sent it to me. No, I didn't. Where did you send that to me? I thought I sent it through WhatsApp as like a Instagram link. Because I know you don't go on Instagram that much, so I didn't send it on there. I just copied the link and sent it to you. Okay. I will uh, I'll go back and have a look at that. Because I did follow some of your links. But I think they took me to the wrong videos. Right. Well, anyway, nothing really to say about this. What's next? <laughs> yeah. Um, next is a game. Next technically was a game. Um, and this was the Cincinnati Bengals going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Um, Bengals being beat up this year, uh, shouldn't have really been a massively competitive game. But then with the, uh, Chiefs' failings at, um... A wide receiver over the past few games, you're kind of thinking, right, well, this could be a toilet bowl because it's just because of how these two teams have found themselves at the end of the season. Um, Chiefs, as I say, they went about it the long way round, but they have won their division for the eighth straight year. Um, yeah. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 25-17. to Yeah. This was a Isaiah Pacheco and Rasheed Rice game. Really was. Because, um, really I mean, Pacheco got 130 yards out of 18 carries on the ground, but he also got seven receptions, which was all of his targets for 35 yards. So also 165 yards overall and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so apparently, you know, Isaiah Pacheco has the best hands out of the uh, <laughs> Kansas yeah. City Chiefs offense at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is the thing. Was there a as... lot of drops in this game again? I think I remember MVS dropping a big one. Uh, yeah, I do remember that as well. Because um, I say, MVS is always that deep threat. So when you see him with one reception for three yards, you know that something's gone wrong with him. Yeah. Um. I also remember, you know, because of, you know, the rivalry, they've kind of had of, like, Burrow always beating the Chiefs when they're at home and type of thing. And Jamar Chase, his uh, comments before this game, um, I think somebody asked him what he thought of the Chiefs' backfield or what, what makes them special or something, and he was just like, nothing, nothing makes them special. And then he got seven targets, three receptions for 41 yards, so... He was shut down as much as possible, and things yep. got kept getting a bit heated between him and defenders. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like somebody pushed him, he pushed somebody back, but he got him right in the face, and then somebody else pushed him, and the second person to push him is the one that got ejected. I don't remember. Or flagged for, yeah, something like. Only one out of like the three of them got something as like a consequence, and I, I feel like it was the last person involved. <laughs> it kind of would make sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, J- 
Joe Mixon, even though 21 carries, only 65 yards, didn't have a great day of it himself. No, no. Uh, they were very on top of that run defense this week. Um, but I guess he would be when, you know, since Joe Burrow has been out, Mixon has been a much bigger part of this offense in both, you know, short yard receiving and the run game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I've really not got a lot to say about this game. Um, I say My, Isaiah uh, Pacheco is is one that you want to keep around as the Chiefs um, transition into this next year, trying to cut down some bad receivers and then pick up others. I didn't think Pacheco was going to be that big of an impact player, but he just seems to have on and off games. Mm, yeah, everybody keeps coming around the way he runs. Like, uh, uh, I can't remember what, what was one of them. One of them was like a toddler who's just stole your phone. Uh, I remember listening to the Kelsey podcast and he was saying he, he runs like he just attacks the ground, you know, a bit like Sonic where he pumps his legs and then sorts of speeds up from it. It's just uh, very, very forceful. There um, you go. But yeah, receiving wise, she Rice, obviously great call for them drafting and clearly going to be their wide receiver one for oh, next yeah. few years unless they draft someone better because they're clearly not getting yeah. any output out of who they've got or no. unless you know free agency gets somebody great yeah. yeah there you go weirdly not much to talk about in this game I don't think yeah I felt this was one of the flatter games I mean the late window this week uh, was pretty atrocious um, so I really didn't care much for that I also didn't. I don't think I watched a lot of the late window live because um, we went out. Uh, we watched the early window and then went to the club, um, the ex service club, to to see some mates and then see the new year in that way. Um, but yeah, yeah. But the most important game is next, and this is you know one a.m. start. First thing that happens in 2024, um, Green Bay versus Minnesota. Green Bay at Minneapolis, a hard place to play. Uh, And we fucking roll over the Vikings. 33 to 10. Embarrassing if you're the Vikings. Um, Vikings have a... I'm going to leave this one entirely up to you. Entirely up to me. I'll know you'll be hype about it. Oh, yeah. 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 All you, buddy. This was one of those games where I've been talking about it previously where the defense has looked shockingly bad uh, for the Green Bay Packers. You know, their offense has been playing well, but the defense has let them down. Defense made, um, you know, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers look good. They gave um, the first perfect passer rating to Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, This week, they made Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall look like itty-bitty babies. Um, The Vikings couldn't get much going on the run game with Alexander Mattison and Ty Chandler really struggling to get any kind of momentum going um, to the point where they just shut down the running play. And they only had actual 13 carries by running backs. Um, Justin Jefferson still had five receptions for 59 yards. 
but realistically that was their only kind of outlet uh, Johnny Munt had four receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown, but who the fuck is that guy? Um, but the Green Bay Packers, actual offense, Aaron Jones. When you need a running back, any other team needs to look at the stats for Aaron Jones and the impact of Aaron Jones and base their model on him. 20 carries for 120 yards, so that's an average, even average of six. So if you're getting six yards per carry, you just need four over the next two downs. Insane numbers, great numbers. Um, not to be taken away, Patrick Taylor had a great showing. AJ Dillon had a, uh, for sorry Patrick Taylor had a great show and for somebody who's in that kind of rotation AJ Dillon not great um but we do understand that he is injured so unlikely to play in the week 18 game which may explain why his production was so low um receivers holy fuck for a team filled with first years and second year like you know players um they just look good Bo Melton who the fuck is Bo Melton? You know, he's come out of fucking nowhere. Six receptions, 105 yards, a touchdown. What the hell? Jaden Reed drafted this year. Six receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Tucker Craft came in when Musgrave has gone out. Six receptions, 48 yards. Great showing. Romeo Dobbs, not as great a showing as we've seen in the past, but we know he's a talented receiver. Um, the failings on this team... Samari Torre, uh, not great. Really gave the an opening for them to come back into it and actually, you know, start that process. And luckily enough, our defense was able to shut them down. This was one of, if not the most complete games that Green Bay have played this year. Um, and as I say, it's against the Vikings. Second to last game of the season at Minneapolis is a tough game to play. Obviously, we are talking about a Vikings team that has been beat up. Um, they've lost some key players. They've lost some key positions. But as I said, Green Bay seem to make the worst situation look better than it is. We've talked about it. Um, and they just came out and just got the job done here. Um, yeah. it's one of those seasons where, again, as a Packers fan, I'm kind of like, right, going into a new era of football, don't know what to expect. This team has been really good at times and really poor at times and had one of those up and down, up and down seasons where as a fan, I don't know whether to celebrate this team too much um, because of how they're playing. But yeah, Jordan Love. I get annoyed with how many people have said it, but Jordan Love is the fan, is the quarterback of our franchise. 24 of 33 for 256 yards, three touchdowns. The kid is real. Like, he is a real quarterback. He is in the NFL, and he is... If... if, if the Packers don't sign him to a long contract after this season. Nothing else is good enough. Like he's outperformed Aaron Rodgers 
in his touchdowns to interception ratio. He's outperformed Brett Favre in the wins that he's got. Yeah, this is a good team that, as I say, I think that they can get to where they need to be uh, very shortly. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Again, it was, we weren't sure what we're going to get, you know, record-wise for the Green Bay Packers. I said at the start of the season, I don't care if they get five wins, six wins, as long as they look like they're playing good. And as I say, at times this season, they haven't played good, but this game was awesome. Um, the Vikings are in a bit of trouble. Um, neither Mullins nor Hall are the quarterback of the future. So they've got to look at either getting a trade, potentially extending an injured Kirk Cousins, or, you know, getting somebody in the draft. I don't think that this is going to encourage the likes of Jefferson. Um, I don't know when Jefferson's contract is up, but yeah, that'll be something to look into. But I say there is an interesting foundation to uh, to this team. Um, but it's the Vikings. They fucking suck. Um, so that has been the results of week 18, uh, week 17. Uh, we are going into week 18. As we said, uh, the game is being played as at the moment. The Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this is how we are going at the moment. Um, join us next week as we will review week 18 and do a preview of the first week of the playoffs of the wildcard weekend. Yes, thank you, dear listener, uh, for once again tuning into our episode. Um, if you have enjoyed, please feel free to do whatever you want to with this episode. Tell a mate about it. Um, share it on social media. Play it in your car uh, if you're a taxi driver. Um, and just make sure people listen to this. Um, but yeah... I have been your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and on Instagram. He has been Smith, which is at DRS underscore 994 on Instagram and Instagram only. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Brick Cave Blitz. Cheeky little sponsor of this one would be the Unpacked podcast, the uh, Green Bay Packers podcast. We are inconsistent on recording it, so you can feel free to cut out this sponsorship. But yeah, those are good dudes, and I'm hopefully going to get back to recording with them soon. But if you want to hear more about just the Green Bay Packers, give that one a listen. Because it's from me, it's a go, Pat, go! Go, please!